the advice I would give all women is you don't need to do it alone. Mm. You know, um, have a good support system, whether it's friends or colleagues or confidants or your partner, talk to people, you know, it's important to vent and learn from other people. I think one of the mistakes I've always made is that I've always felt like, no, no, I just have to do everything myself. So it's done right. And a lot of us who micromanage do that with our OCD, but you have to learn to let go. You have to learn to train up people, let them make the mistakes, but get to a place where they will be as good as you, if not better. And I think that's really the skill. And that's the skill for any level of job. You have to train up people to take your position so you can go on to do bigger and better things. Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high achieving 9 to 5 turn transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how to's, and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Welcome to the Success with Savita podcast and I would like to introduce my guest today on the show. Meet business maker Malini Agarwal aka Miss Malini who's the founder and creative director of Miss Malini Entertainment, a leading media lifestyle brand that creates highly engaging multi-platform content geared towards India's internet generation. She's India's first and most famous digital influencer, having pioneered Indian lifestyle blogging with her website missmalini.com in 2008. Today, Miss Malini Entertainment content reaches over 30 million people a month across their owned channels with over 10 million direct social media followers. Her passion and efforts are now spent using her reach and influence to launch social initiatives that facilitate cultural change. Most prominent of these is her invite-only Facebook group exclusively for women called Malini's Girl Tribe, which is a supportive community of 75k plus women in there, as well as her positive masculinity community, which is a co-ed group for all to discuss the way towards a more socially progressive world. By creating safe spaces for women, a myriad of topics and modern issues are discussed openly every day. Malini also launched hashtag Ignore No More Online, a campaign that empowers not just women, but also men to help them protect themselves against online trolls and abuses all over the internet. Join me in this interesting and fascinating conversation with Malini Agarwal. Hi, Malini. Thank you so much for being here today and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. I am super excited to have you here. I can't tell you how long I've been waiting for this day. So you made my day and week for sure. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to speak with you as well. Thank you. So um, I really want to give this, I want to get to everything about you because I know there's so much to go through. So I want to dive right in and start off with, share with us right from the start your journey. I know you started the blog in 2008. Um, but prior to that, what made you get started with this? Walk us through that, because I would really love to hear from you about you. 
So it's kind of strange, you know, I always tell this story and, and I look back, it all seems to fit in like it was meant to be in a certain step-by-step process, but there was no plan when I started because I was actually, a, you know, my father was a diplomat, so I grew up all over the world when I was 17. He retired, so I came back with this accent <laughs> and I was, you know, studying in the British school and then um, I went to a college in Delhi University, I studied English literature. And there I joined the dance troupe, the college troupe, and a choreographer actually picked me up to become a professional dancer. And so from there, for six years, I was a backup dancer for people like Sudhir and all these indie pop stars and Channel V Connections. And I used to also like host things, you know, like these mm-hmm. college MCs. I'd get paid like 500,000 rupees a day um, to just do this like little hosting of a Panasonic show on the street, like very, very small stuff. But I loved it. So I'd already kind of gotten into this entertainment space. And the dot-com boom had just begun in a sense. So there was a website that had started in uh, Delhi, which was about content. So I went in there, got a job writing random content, like very simple stuff. And then I came to visit some friends in Bombay just on a whim. And I just loved the energy. You know, you could jump into a cab at four in the morning, the neon lights, the people that you met and I just loved it and I was I think 21 or 22 years old and I told my mom I want to move to Bombay and she was obviously very scared about the idea but then she was like okay fine see how it goes and I had a friend living in Bombay and I picked up and I moved Mm -hmm. and the rest is kind of history I kind of joined um, uh, first I set up the I was always into writing so I set up the Mm -hmm. website for midday when I first came you know the career of choice for my generation was to become a VJ Now it's become an influencer. Back then it was everybody wanted to be a VJ. And I remember auditioning a bunch of times. I went to the MTV office. And obviously, you know, I had like four Kodak prints. I didn't have a professional portfolio. So obviously I didn't get the job. But many years later, I ended up working at MTV as their channel head for romance and sexuality. So it all comes full circle in the same office that I had gone to audition. And then I joined radio for nine years. I was a radio host on various stations first win 94.6 and then go 92.5 which became radio one again a job that I randomly got because I one lunch break somebody told me radio is starting and maybe I should go audition so on that lunch break I went to win 94.6 and they hired me immediately so I used to do my day job at MTV and in the evenings I would go and do my radio show like nine to midnight okay and it was really it was I loved it and I, I remember thinking you know Radio is my first love and blogging is my marriage. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it was quite amazing at those times because all these new things were happening. Social media was happening. And I used to write a column for the midday called Malini's Mumbai back in 2003, which is kind of like, if you look back, it's the first iteration of the blog in a sense. Yeah. And I, um, I remember going to Dubai with some friends and complaining that I don't get enough space in the column because... There's a word limit and I can only write about a few things and the parties and I want to write about more things. So my friend Karan Wadera said, why don't you start a blog? Mm-hmm. And I asked him, like, what's a blog? And this is back in 2008 when nobody was blogging. Nobody yeah. was, there was no word as influencer. And uh, so he made me a WordPress account and sent me the login. And the rest is history. May 5th, 2008, I wrote my first blog and I just loved it. I loved it as much as I loved the radio. When I was working at radio, I never thought I'd love anything as much as that. But the, the feeling I got of connecting with people was so similar. And then it sort of grew from there. And I've been doing it for so many years now. Um, then we built out more of you know, the diff- different digital verticals. 
and then we grew into an influencer marketing company. I wrote a book. We've done six seasons of television. Uh, you know, we do. We have our in-house influencer business. We have our in-house agent, you know, ad agency called Agent M Creative. So it's just grown and grown and grown to so many different things. And I'm very like grateful that I got to do all of these things. But looking back, all these things make sense in this order. But if you had told me back in 2000 or when I moved to Bombay that this is what would end up with my life, I would have been, I would have laughed at you. The empire has, I mean, it's an empire and you have been unstoppable. And actually my next question was going to be, did you have this vision for your career or business or did it unfold organically? It looks like it has unfolded very organically for you. It just, um, but you must have had some kind of a vision of what you saw in your future. Is, is that something that... So for me, it was very organic. And I have to say full credit to my two co-founders, Mike Melly and Nashad Rizwanullah, who's also my husband. They're uh, really the ones who helped craft the vision of the business aspect. I'm more of a creative person. Mm-hmm. And they really, you know, have been with me for the whole ride, you know, 10, 15 years of really putting everything, you know, their heart and soul into the business. So... I really can't take full credit for that. The vision, a lot of the vision credit goes to them. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm more sort of the creative heart of it. And they're the ones who, you know, get all the bones and bells and whistles together. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's lovely to have co-founders. I think sometimes it can be um, a lonely journey as well when you're doing going solo. So that brings me to Girl Try by Miss Malini. And it's very, uh, it's it's got a beautiful mix of people because I'm on the app as well. Um, and what made you start that? Or uh, this was something that, you know, you decided to create a community and then put together the app or you already had the community and it was just the next step to keep it all together in one place. So, yeah, so I actually started again. The, the Girl Tribe came about very organically. I was... Um, you know, it was just Women's Day had just passed and we had done a girl, girl Tribe campaign just mm-hmm. as an Instagram campaign. So I really liked the name and the thought of it. And then Facebook had just launched Facebook groups and they asked me if I'd like to create a group. And I was like, sure, I love to try out all these new features and these platforms. I always get in touch to try them. And I was like, OK, what should I make a group about? Should I make it about Bollywood or fashion? Or I was like, you know, why don't I do something different? Let me make a group for girls. Mm. and see how that goes because I feel like a lot of times unfortunately on social media it's hard to talk to people openly or there's a lot of trolling or negativity and there's a lot of you know creepy guys unfortunately yeah and so I made that group and I added just a hundred of my girlfriends and it just exploded it went to 5,000 10,000 15 now it's almost like 70,000 women in the Facebook group and I realized the conversations and now you're part of the group so you know they're such real conversations and people are so positive and open and they share the most intimate and personal things and it's you know absolutely incredible and so then I kind of felt like you know maybe there's something more here and you know sometimes there's limitations to what you can do within a particular other app on Facebook so I was like okay why don't we create an app for it and I've also been thinking for a long time about how social media has become quite stressful because Mm -hmm. you have to you know, the likes, the followers, that whole con- contest that makes you feel bad about yourself, no matter how big you are. You know, if you have a million followers, you want 10 million. You have 10 million, yeah. you want 100 million. It never ends. So yeah. we wanted to switch that around. So if you notice on the Girl Tribe app, we have something called positivity points. So there's no public display of your likes and followers. 
Mm. And here you earn points for every conversation you start. You earn points for the comments you put on other people's posts. So it's kind of reversing it. And you can redeem those points for physical goods and mm. products and activities and experiences. And we're trying to reprogram people's brains to get the dopamine in a different way. And what's amazing is, you know, you can make the best content and not get any likes and followers and feel bad. Or you can give and how much you give is always in your hands. Yeah, and that's the best thing. The more you give, the more you get, and it's just the best feeling. It's called the helper's high, also. And so, I really, really enjoyed having that experience of being able to create this for people. And then we have added things like now we've got a whole job association going with an RPO uh, called Flexibility, where we're helping women find jobs. We're creating miniature communities, my tribes, where you know you might love certain things, but you won't really find a community in the comments of somebody else's Instagram. That's more about fandom, right? LinkedIn yeah. is more for work. Twitter yeah. is more for fleeting conversations. So where do you actually go to make friends? And the pandemic has made it even more obvious that we need to have a digital way to connect with people that's healthy for us. Yeah. And I feel, you know, the app and anyone who logs in and joins all the women who join the app have had that same feedback to give me that it's such a, they feel safe. Like they can talk about things like how to insert a menstrual cup. You could never do that on social media. You know, yeah. you may not even be comfortable asking a family member, but you can ask a complete stranger and know that none of the hundreds of comments will be crass or trolly or yeah. uncomfortable, you know? And it's literally that, you know, all of our periods are so uncomfortable. The conversations around them shouldn't be. And so finally, there's a place to talk about that. You can talk about travel and food and mental health in your work because there's no such thing as women's issues. Everything is a woman's issue not yeah. just menstruation and rape, you know? Yeah. So I really feel that this is what's beautiful. And, and it's kind of one of those things that you have to try it to understand what it feels like. Mm -hmm. I keep trying to articulate what Girl Tribe is, what the experience is. It's not just another social media platform. It's a community. It's a family. It's a, it's a real welcoming experience. Yeah, I love how you have the thought that you've put into um, this platform because the approach is so different. I, there are groups and there are platforms which may be about, you know, upskilling for your career. There may be business groups, uh, but this is so different. It's not just about one thing, but it's about everything that is close to our heart and is part of our lives. So I, I love the platform. So thank you for that. And my next question would be, so what are some of your tips? Like you've shared that already when you approached this, uh, when you shared the approach behind the app. But what are some of your tips that you have to build a community and a tribe? Because a tribe is even more closer than just a community. So, And you've created that. Um, what are some of your tips for someone who wants to do that? Me. So I think, yeah, I think the main thing is that you have to think about a community, even though it's digital. You have to think about a community the way you would think about it offline, your circle of friends. What really bonds people, what brings people together is if you, first of all, treat them as people, not as numbers, and not say, okay, how many numbers are in my community? But say, who is in my community? What are they getting out of my community? What am I giving them? Because there are billions of web pages they can visit. There are millions of communities they can join. Why would they join this one? And yeah. why does anyone, you know, why do you have the certain friends that you have? or the interest that you have and why do you gravitate towards some people? It's because you, you know, they give you something back, the conversation they have with you, the experience, the shared experience that you have. It's really about those things. You know, it's about being comfortable with the people that you're being thrown together with. 
the thing with social media is that there's it's opened up to so many you know like three billion people but there is nothing really that's been created to bond you in a way that you feel safe yeah you know so you have to really have you know think about what those shared interests will be how you're going to engage people on a regular basis uh what are the tools you're going to give them which is why we made the app so that we allow people to make their own spotlights to help enhance their business and give them something that matters to them because yeah. a lot of social media is just swiping and scrolling and consuming passively but you don't want people to just have a passive experience when they're in your community like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show okay so great tips on that so i want to bring this back to you you've had so many wins like i mean from the outside right uh but them sure i'm sure every single day there are challenges what are some challenges that come to mind and how did you get past them is there one or two that you'd like to share with us i think the biggest challenge when we started out was getting people to see that this is a legitimate business you know in 2008 there was no concept of influencers influencer marketing and i have to give a lot of credit to mike melly my co-founder who really you know went advertiser to advertiser explained the value explained how it works and completely you know changed the landscape of influencer marketing and digital marketing mm-hmm. and that was the big challenge finding the right people to write for digital because it's very different from writing for a magazine or a newspaper it's much more conversational there's shorter content creating content for social media so while there was a lot of consumers there weren't enough people who were actually creating the right content yeah okay so that's literally i think the biggest challenge and for me i don't have enough hours in the day Yeah, I'm sure. So I just don't have enough time. Yeah. That's my biggest challenge. Okay. So, uh I do want to ask you before we move on to our last question. How do you deal with trolling because I mean, you have such a massive following. You have so many people showing up. How do you deal with it? So, different ways. Earlier I used to try to ignore it and mm. have thick skin. Obviously, some things hurt you, some, you know, you realize are just random uh bots. But I realized over time that there's a problem with just ignoring it because it's getting worse. You know, we think don't give it attention and it just gets worse and worse. So we actually launched a campaign last year called Ignore No More online online yeah. online to combat this. Because yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that there are laws and now there's people because there's been no check and no accountability even from without using fake accounts or sending creepy pictures or dick pics or saying yeah. horrible things. but you can actually there are laws so now we've tied up with pink legal and shubham cybercop and a lot of other people who are helping us report these cases and you can actually make a report and it is against the law to stalk someone to um you know um do do these things outrage a woman's modesty whether it's online or offline and there are very strict punishments up to years in prison and monetary fines but a lot of people don't know that Mm-hmm. and i think it's very empowering to find out and for women to know that there's something we can do because you can't unsee you know i can't ignore what i can't unsee yeah so it's important to empower me to be able to do something about it and very often a lot of these people who are sending trolly messages are 16 year old boys and yeah. they don't know any better not that it's an excuse but they just think that the internet is just a game and so very often when they have been uh, called out and we've filed a complaint 
we find out they're 16 and then they're crying and their parents are crying and saying, oh my God, we didn't know, please Didi, sorry Didi, forgive us. And I think it's important that they get that lesson because that will prevent them from going on to do something worse further down the line when they're not been checked. It's just like when you're brought up, you know, I'm writing my second book on this, you know, how to be a good person online because we were never taught, we were never given that guidebook or that study material. You know, yeah. when you're growing up, you're taught how to, you know, walk, talk, learn your manners, uh, speak different languages, even drive a car. If I gave you the keys and didn't give you lessons, you'd crash. Yeah. That's what's happening online. There's no education. There's no gender sensitization. So that has to happen. So we're doing it both ways. We're trying to educate people. We're trying to get people to understand their uh, rights. And we're also holding people accountable. So if you follow Ignore No More online, you'll see we've actually... There, we all the people that have been filed complaints against are listed there. Your rights are listed there. The contact numbers of how you can file a complaint are listed there, which I think is very helpful. Yeah, I think it is because uh, recently you had shared when somebody had showed up uh, sharing a, a crude video uh, online and he was masturbating online, right? During a live call. Yeah. I saved all those numbers because you had posted and that's so important because maybe we don't consciously go looking for it, but there are mm -hmm. people we are following if and if they are building awareness uh, I have saved Shubham Cybercop I know him only actually because of you and this is such a revelation to know 16 year olds really I mean they're so gutsy like we would think it's so not even gutsy I think they're just ignorant you know they just yeah, think I mean, it's fine and, and unfortunately a lot of it is and I've even had a conversation with one when who was sending all these trolley messages and I said why do you do it and he said to get your attention, otherwise you wouldn't pay me attention. And that's where the crux of it, you know. And I realized that, you know, we need to teach them because they don't, you know, suddenly you've got so many different people who would never have had access to speak to women uh, of, from any strata. Yeah. And suddenly they have access to sending them messages and they don't know how to speak to them. And I mm -hmm. think that's part of the problem is we need to teach people. And a lot of it comes from having a repressed society, not talking about sex, not you know, having these conversations with our children. And I had actually done a show called The Girl Tribe. It's a video series where I spoke to Sonali Bendre and she said that, you know, she said she accidentally said the word, the F word in front of mm -hmm. her son, who's 10. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, oh, you said the F word, mama said the F word, and then said, but why is it such a bad word? And she had to explain to him, you know, for her and her husband were like, well, well, now he's asked, we have to tell him. So they explained what it is and, oh, you know, what sex is a beautiful thing and you were born from it. But there's also something known as rape, which is a terrible thing. And it's really the worst thing, you could violation against a person. And imagine you have to start teaching boys, especially at these young ages, to understand that it's wrong. Yeah. And at so many levels that they can't just use physical power over somebody else, whether it's men or women. But unfortunately, it happens more to women. And I think that this is education that is so important from that age. We are now trying to correct it when people are older. Even 16 is too late. Right. You have to start teaching them when they're, you know, just about learning how to interact with anyone. And before any boy or any girl gets an internet account on social media, they should have had this education. Absolutely. I think that's what's absolutely become clear. Yeah. And I think the parents, because we're that generation, you know, the parents' generation above us didn't even know what's going on on social media. They didn't really know what we're doing on it. Now we know, we know exactly what it's about. So yeah. it's up to us to give the next generation the tools and the knowledge to be prepared to deal with trolling, to not be trolls themselves mm -hmm. and to really treat it like another society. And this pandemic has become 
something that's actually heightened that because now more than ever, we are interacting with the world online more than we are in real life. In fact, you're seeing even your friends' pictures more, uh-huh. you see them more through social media than you meet them. You're meeting three, four people in your bubble yes. for year, years on end. So yeah. it's really important. And I think people are becoming aware of that. And I think it's wonderful. There's so many people who are, you know, taking up the cause to talk about this. It's just a matter of everyone coming together and constantly reminding um, us ourselves and others that this is an important conversation. This is not something that's just a one-off campaign. You know, this is a virtual pandemic that we have never dealt with and we have to, otherwise we will end up raising children saying that, yeah, yeah, that's just how the internet is. That's what we already say. But why? These are all human beings on the internet. We have laws in the real world where people who misbehave or outrage, do outrageous things, get put in jail and are not allowed to mingle with the rest of society. That should apply online too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm so glad I asked this question because, you know, this this is like really, it's resonating with me so much. So thank you for sharing this. And before I let you go, I just have two more questions for you. What does a day in your life look like? Um, uh, no two days are the same, you know, it depends on what's going on. So there's certain days, I mean, right now in the pandemic, obviously everybody's at home, um, you know, social distancing and being careful, but before that, I had a very, very, very day out for meetings, out for shoots, out for interviews. Um, then some days I'd be at home in my pajamas, writing my book or writing blogs. Um, I don't end up writing that many blogs anymore because I'm working on my book and there's so much else going on. But things like this, you know, doing a podcast now and again, mm-hmm. um, obviously spending, a, now I spend a lot of time on the Girl Tribe app. So anyone wants to come and, you know, chat with me about anything can find me there. Um, Lots of different things, you know, and I think that that's the thing. It's so varied. And now like work and life already was quite blended together even more now because everybody works from their sofas. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty excited about the fact that we're building out these communities. And I really encourage everyone who's listening to come and check out Girl Tribe by Vismalini. It's on Android and iOS. It's really quite uh, a wonderful experience, even if I say so myself, because it's just a a very, I mean, you you know what it's like. Yeah. (laughs) I agree because I'm on it. And finally, before I let you go, a word of advice to other female entrepreneurs out there. Uh, Would you have something to share with them from your experience? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting is they always segregate us, right? Female entrepreneurs. And I mean, they always ask me, what is it like to be a a woman entrepreneur or a woman in business? And I'm like, well, I don't know what it's like to be a man in business. (laughs) So I can only tell you from my perspective, but I can see that there have been a lot of situations where I have witnessed that there is a glass ceiling. There are all these things, but I've been very lucky. I also have two amazing co-founders. As I mentioned, my husband, Nashad, Rizwanullah, and Mike Melly. And they have, you know, I've never felt that sexism or misogyny from them ever. If anything, they are the biggest champions for women. And I think the, the advice I would give all women is you don't need to do it alone. Mm. You know, um, have a good support system, whether it's friends or colleagues or confidants or your partner, talk to people, you know, it's important to vent and learn from other people. I think one of the mistakes I've always made is that I've always felt like, no, no, I just have to do everything myself. So it's done right. And a lot of us who micromanage do that with our OCD, but you have to learn to let go. You have to learn to train up people 
let them make the mistakes, but get to a place where they will be as good as you, if not better. And I think that's really the skill. And that's the skill for any level of job. You have to train up people to take your position so you can go on to do bigger and better things. Um, And aside from that, in the pandemic, don't beat yourself up. It's a tough time. You're Mm -hmm. doing the best you can. Uh, Take care of yourself. Better times will come. And this is a great opportunity to network and find other women online, find support groups. And and there's no just you, right? Whether it's in your work or relationships, never build a business thinking everybody is competition and it's only about yourself. Collaboration is key. If there's one thing we've learned from YouTubers, influencers is collaboration is so much better than competition because you grow together, you build both your audiences together because no consumer only consumes one kind of product for their whole life they watch multiple channels they try multiple brands they eat multiple meals so work together um, and build a larger audience so I would say collaborate always collaborate yeah thank you so much wow that's awesome Uh, but I do have one question before I say thank you who's your favorite actor to have actor or actress that you interviewed this is me and the Bollywood freak in me and being a Shah Rukh Khan fan I'm asking you this just saying Favorite? I mean, there's been so many. I think the one that I really, really loved was Sushmita Sen, to be honest, because she had such a great, she said something so amazing. Um, You know, I was talking to her about adoption because she adopted her daughters so early on. And I was telling her, you know, it's sad that people still say sometimes like, you should have your own kids. And she described something so simple. She said, you know, when you get married to someone Mm. and you choose a stranger who's not your blood relative to be your partner for the rest of your life and your whole family sings and dances and celebrates and is overjoyed that yes the stranger who's not your blood must be your partner forever in fact all families are hell-bent on finding you one of those people mm-hmm. so then why can't we feel the same way about children who are even more malleable yeah just because they're not your blood and i thought that was the most amazing thing i'd ever heard it's so simple but so true. Wow. So, yeah, right? You never think about it that way, but it's just incredible. I thought it was beautiful. Mm. And, um, and then, I mean, for fun stuff, obviously, your Shah Rukh, so Ranveer Singh is amazingly fun to chat with. Okay. Yeah, they pick up other phone. They're all really, I mean, they're just, I mean, they're so good at what they do. So they are very, you know, effervescent and enigmatic and lots of fun, especially if you're Bollywood fans, obviously, you love talking to them. Yeah. All right. And with that, I'm going to say thank you so much for your time. I know my pleasure. You've been generous and uh, I hope I can pay it forward or back to you in some way. Anything I can do to help support the tribe, you in any way, I'm happy to do that. Thank you so very much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success. This Hub Hopper original अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें 
यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट